We're studying the life of Christ in the book of Mark. We're calling it Dirt Roads. We're walking the road with Jesus. And uh, what, an, what an incredible uh, road that, that must have been uh, that his disciples and other followers of him were able to walk with Jesus. And we've spoken about a lot of different things just in the first three chapters. Jesus, once again, uh, last week was healing people on the Sabbath day. And we know that's a big no-no in the, the hearts and the minds of the judgmental Pharisees. And we come today to this text uh, after Jesus heals on the Sabbath. We come immediately to Mark chapter 7, and today we're going to, Mark chapter 3, verse 7. Today we're going to talk about Jesus under pressure. I'll go ahead and get it out. Dum, 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 da, da, dum, dum. If y'all think, anyway, I'll just go ahead and get that done with because it's going to be in my head every time I say under pressure. So I'll get it out. Some of you are showing how much you know or don't know about music, but it's okay. It's all good. But Jesus is under pressure. Um, even though Jesus knew his purpose on this earth, he knew his purpose would only be fulfilled by him giving his life. And the text ended last week with the Pharisees and the Herodians plotting against him, how they might destroy him. Jesus knew that his purpose on earth would eventually be him being destroyed, even by those he came to save. And certainly the implications of his death and the plan to destroy Jesus were not merely a physical death. They wanted to destroy his ministry. They wanted to destroy his spiritual impact that he was having in the known world at the time. And while Jesus was 100% God, we also understand that Jesus took on the form of a human being. And so you say, Josh, can you fully explain how Jesus was 100% God and 100% man? I wish I could. That's actually one of the awesome things about God, is that I can't fully explain to you how he is 100% man and also 100% God at the same time. But imagine the pressure of your calling as the Messiah, plus the added pressures of being 100% man and the day-to-day things that were going on in the life of Jesus, good and bad. I don't know about you this morning, but when we talk about someone being under pressure, Feeling the weight of pressure and stress, that's something I think I can identify with. How many in here would agree? You can identify with pressure and stress. I see some law students uh, in the room over here that can identify with pressure and stress. I see some parents in the room that can identify with pressure and stress. I think we can identify being under a good amount of pressure. And this morning, I want us to learn of Jesus. Verse 7 in Mark chapter 3, if you don't have your Bibles or an app, it'll be on the screen behind me. But Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. And a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea and Jerusalem and Edomia and beyond the Jordan, and those from Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they heard how many things he was doing, came to him. So he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. For he healed so many... Uh, So that as many as had afflictions pressed about to touch him, and the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, you are the son of God. There's a lot there that we're not even going to be able to touch. But he was so powerful. He was in these moments of healing and casting out demons that the demons would even address him when he would come into their presence. 
and say, you are the son of God. But he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. Verse 13. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Remember, Jesus' purpose. It wasn't to heal. His purpose was to preach. His purpose was the truth. His purpose was his message, not his miracles. So he was, a, he was uh, sending them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Simon, who's Peter, to whom he gave the name Peter, the son of Ze- uh, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name, that word, that is the sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And they went into a house. Then the multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people, verse 21, heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said he is out of his mind. Heavenly Father, speak through your word today as we study Jesus under pressure. God, I pray this morning that those of us who live a life of pressure would find our rest in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus found himself under immense amounts of pressure. Let's see what the text teaches us this morning. Number one, I want us to notice the pressure of popularity. The pressure of popularity. Jesus withdrew with his disciples, verse 7, to the sea. A great multitude from Galilee followed him, from Judea and Jerusalem and Edomia and beyond the Jordan and those from Tyre and Sidon. A great multitude. So there was such a great multitude that verse 9 says, he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. Literally, physically. For he healed so many, so that as many as had afflictions pressed about to touch him. The unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, You are the Son of God. He sternly warned them they should not make him known. I believe our society and our culture today would back up this statement. Popularity brings pressure. I think our culture could back that up this morning. That popularity brings with it an immense amount of pressure. If you pay just remote attention to the careers of many very popular people in the entertainment business or in the the music business, or especially it seems like those who gained their popularity so early in life, you know what we see? We see a tremendous amount of pressure. We also see that some are able to deal with the pressures that come with popularity a little bit better than others, right? I'm not giving, uh, I won't give many, any illustrations this morning, but we all know of popular people who have folded and buckled under the weight of the pressures of being popular. And we all know of other people who seemingly have been able to deal with those pressures, but all that to say the pressure is there. Whether it's dealt with or not, or whether it crushes them or not, the pressure is there. And Jesus here was feeling the pressure. He was preaching and he was teaching transformational truths. He was not teaching the law. He was coming and teaching truths that would transform the lives of those who heard. 
He was coming and, and healing those who, who, who requested healing of sickness. He was coming and casting out demons of those who were possessed by demonic entities. He was drawing attention to himself simply by doing good. By doing good. He was speaking of this new way of living. He was making these claims to be the Messiah. He was literally uh, claiming to be the fulfillment of the law. He was claiming to be God's son. And with all of that came popularity. And with popularity came intense pressure. There's something about people always wanting access to you that brings about an immense amount of pressure. Our social media world that we live in, and people willingly do this now, but just the, the behind-the-scenes access that is expected now of popular people. Uh, just to imagine, and I'll never, by God's grace, be popular enough to not be able to go out to eat with my family because someone comes up to me. I, I definitely have gotten to that age. When I was younger, if I ever saw someone out in public, um, I was the guy that was like going to him and saying something to him or like trying to get maybe if it, a, if it was a sports player, maybe like an autograph. About 10 years ago, I was like, you know what? If that was me, I'd be like, bro, get away from my table. Let me eat with my family. So now I just do the, like the whole like wink and nod, like I know who you are. Or like if we're having to like pass by, like I'm like, all right, I'm going to good game the other night. But at the end of the day, just imagine not being able to go to the grocery store or go out to eat without people. People. Well, this was Jesus. This is what it says. Jesus couldn't go anywhere because people were trying to touch him because they knew if they could touch him, they would be healed. Uh, demonic spirits were crying out to him as he walked by. The pressure. The pressure that Jesus was under the pressure of popularity. Imagine the pressure. Imagine the cameras in your face. If this was 2021, Jesus would have to walk with security detail, uh, with cameras flashing around and people moving people out of the way just so he could get from one place to another. This was the amount of pressure that was on him. And Jesus experienced the pressure that comes with popularity, but popularity was not the only pressure that Jesus experienced. Secondly, this morning, I want us to see the pressure of leadership. The pressure of leadership this morning. So Jesus in verse 13, so he feels all that pressure from the popularity. He feels the crowd coming in around him. So he goes up on the, onto the mountain and he calls to himself those he wanted. They came to him. He appointed 12. That they might be with him and they might send them out to preach. This is the calling of the 12 disciples. And throughout scripture, Moses, Joshua, the church of Jerusalem, and other places, we see this leadership principle of if things have gotten overwhelming, you need to recruit, empower, and delegate. And we see this leadership principle that's throughout scripture. But make no mistake, while bringing in the 12 disciples to go and to perform some of his miracles and do some of his acts in the world, while that was probably a, a somewhat of a, of a, of a uh, pressure relief, the pressure of leadership is a whole different kind of pressure. It's not just about being popular. It's about leading other people and being responsible for the lives of other people. And may I say this? 
there's major pressure put on leaders. In fact, there's nothing like the pressure of leadership. And the larger your leadership sphere and influence grows, the more pressure you feel. If you have been at your job for any amount of time and you've gotten, maybe you've gotten a promotion from one position to another or a second promotion from that position, and the higher you move up, maybe your day-to-day labor is a little bit easier, but your leadership pressure ratchets up every time you get that promotion. The more people that you're responsible for, the more lives and the more, the more bellies that have to be fed by the, because of the families that you're in charge of. The pressure of leading, and I could never give this illustration until three and a half years ago, the difference between being an assistant pastor and the lead pastor. Man, I love, assistant pastors like, the assistant pastor is like a great spot to be in, Aaron, Jeff, Tim. I just want to let y'all know, man. No. It's a great spot to be in. You know why? Because at the end of the day, there is someone else that the buck stops with. You can make a lot of mistakes, and at the end of the day, there's somebody else that you might, hey, man, go see that guy. I know I'm an idiot, but go see that guy. The pressure. Now, I'll be honest with you. As I was an assistant pastor for 11 years, I never one time followed a church budget like, hey, I wonder how we are doing this month. I never thought about it. We were in larger churches. I never even dawned on me, oh, yeah, you know what? You know, maybe we need to follow that a little bit closer. I had my own budgets to follow, but not the church budget. The pressures, right? It's like the difference between being an assistant football coach and a head football coach. Maybe you're really good at helping defensive backs learn how to turn their hips properly to stop a wide receiver from getting where he wants to go. Maybe you're good at that. But being a head coach is a little bit different. Now you have to balance the egos of all your other coaches and then all those players. And you're no longer worried about the DBs. You're worried about the quarterbacks and the offensive linemen and those weirdo kickers and and all these other people. The kickers that are like the least athletic people on the team and most of the time they win or lose the game for you, right? So frustrating. You know, as as an athletic guy like myself. (laughs) I'd be like the long snapper or something, so. But can I just say this, guys? Leadership brings pressure. And while Jesus had 12, his, he had his connect group. He had 12. While Jesus had his 12, the leadership. Listen, you remember the four that we have studied, the five, four or five, they left their families to follow him. They left their livelihoods, their careers to follow Jesus. And certainly in Jesus' deity, everything's going to be fine. But also in Jesus' humanity, He must understand that those men are now falling under his leadership. The pressure that he felt running his connect group, (laughs) running his mentoring group, his small group of men that he led. By the way, in case you're frustrated, if you lead a small group, like one of Jesus' 12 was a fake and phony. So don't feel bad. All right, Judas was one of his. You probably got a Judas in yours somewhere, okay? But the pressure of popularity, number one, we just notice now the pressure of leadership, but we continue with the pressure of being misunderstood. The pressure of being misunderstood. Look at verse 20. We're just walking through the text, and by the way, we're getting to some 
uh, closing uh, uh, remarks this morning of, of takeaways for us. But look at verse 20. The multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. Okay, they, were, they, were so, they were so packed together. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said he is out of his mind. As if the popularity and the leadership didn't bring enough stress to Jesus, now those that were closest to him, his own people, and many, every scholar that I studied after for this sermon, they fully believe this was his family, like his actual family. His family thought he was crazy. Like, there's so much going on, Jesus. You're going to the mountain. You're coming back down. you got people all at your feet. Now you've once again got people all close to you in a house again. Jesus, you're losing your mind. You've gone crazy. And keep in mind, Jesus' family was still trying to figure this whole thing out. I mean, he was claiming to be the son of God, but he was still their brother, their cousin, whatever. And so it wasn't like holy, holy, holy in front of him. It was like, hey, man, that's my cousin. You're, you're losing your mind right now. This family thought he was crazy. They didn't understand uh, Jesus at the moment, nor did they understand his purpose. And so pressure is hitting him on all sides. And just to add to the pressure is his family jumps in. Those the closest to him completely misunderstand him and take him for being crazy. And the pressure of dealing with the popularity the pressure of dealing with the 12 that he was leading, and now the pressure of his family completely missing the boat, completely misunderstanding him. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand in here this morning, but maybe you've been in a situation where family completely misunderstands. Maybe you've been there at some point in time in your life where you feel like your family and the ones closest to you don't, they don't get it. They don't understand But let me just say this. We can take this to the bank this morning. If people misunderstood the greatest communicator in the history of the world, Jesus, then guess what? You and I will certainly be misunderstood. Oftentimes by those who love us and that we love the most. Family and those that are closest to us. But Jesus felt the pressure this morning. He felt it by the popularity. He felt it by leading He felt it by being misunderstood, even by his family. Anyone in here identify with pressure this morning? Anybody identify with, I feel like I have more to get done than I have time to do it? Anyone feel the pressure this morning of, I know that I need this amount of money to pay this, and I don't know where it's going to come from? Anybody else feel the pressure of, This relationship is fractured, and as much as I want to, I have no idea how to put it back together. It's pressure. It's pressure. Anyone else get the bill in the mail and you go, man, I don't even want to open this because the financial pressure. I want to give us some lessons from Jesus as we manage the pressures and the stress of life. In conclusion, number one, value times to withdraw. Mark chapter 3 and verse 7, but Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. Not only that, but look at verse 13. He went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. 
Value times to withdraw. This morning, we must, this is maybe a quotable, we must disengage for a time of refreshment and withdrawal so that we can re-engage at full capacity. I want everybody to understand and listen to this. You say the church doesn't talk about mental health and things enough. Here's, here's an instance where we're, this is exactly what I'm speaking to today. We must disengage for a time of refreshment and withdrawal so that we can re-engage at full capacity. May I say that far too many people push themselves beyond their limits, whether by their own expectations or the expectations of others. And they burn out. They throw in the towel because the pressure becomes more than they can bear. And this morning, may I say to you that I believe Jesus modeled when the pressure, when he was in the pressure cooker, when the pressure was very great on him, that Jesus withdrew himself for some spiritual refreshment. He withdrew himself into his connect group. He withdrew himself this morning. My family will, when I need to withdraw myself, I will do so. In fact, this afternoon, when we say amen, I won't be hanging around long because we are driving to Orlando, Florida today. It's spring break, and we got Disney annual passes. Stick that one in your ear. And this is our last trip this year. We've basically made that our home. But we're going to withdraw. We're going to withdraw. And, um, and I make no apologies for that. And let me just say this to you. You as well ought to build in times to withdraw. You ought to build in times to go on vacation. And, and, and let me just say this. Not just vacation, but with a purpose. With the purpose of refreshment. How many of you sometimes come back from vacation more tired than when you left? Ever been there? If my mom ever planned a vacation, that's what it was. I'm like, Mom, what in the world's a vacation for? I'm, I'm, it's worse now that I'm, I'm back when, when we left. No, really, whatever it is, finding those times. And Evan, my, my iPad died. So secondly, go ahead and move it for me. Plan ahead for stressful times. See, you know what Jesus did? He sensed the multitude. And what did he tell his disciples to do? Hey, get the boat ready. I feel what's about to happen, so get the boat ready because we may need to step onto this boat to get away from the multitude. You know what he was doing? He was seeing what was coming and he was preparing himself mentally and physically to go through a season of stress. All right, I know we have some people that work in finance uh, in our church. So in a typical, I know 2020 and 2021 may be not so typical, but in a typical year, 
All of you that work in finance know from like January, Shane, you can amen me on this one, from January 1st to April 15th, and probably a few weeks, a couple weeks after, it's going to be like all hands on deck. We're working later and more hours than we ever did. And what I think is valuable is when you know those seasons are coming up to make sure whatever it looks like for you that you prepare for the season of stress you know you're going through. We have people in our, in our, uh, in our church that own uh, businesses that, that, that work outdoors. And you knew two weeks ago that we were time changing, that you were going to get uh, broader daylight longer, and you knew that the hours were going to get longer because you used to have to stop at 5 p.m. back in the wintertime, and now you can go to 8.30. We must prepare, and we must plan ahead for stressful times. And then thirdly, I want to word them properly. We should discover the power of empowerment. Jesus didn't call 12 disciples to him and say, you're just going to be my little yes men. And if I say, hey, go get the, a lunch from a little kid over there, you go get a lunch from a little kid. No, no, no. Jesus recruited, he empowered, and he delegated. He told his 12 disciples, hey, I'm going to give you rule." I'm going to give you power to perform the miracles that I'm performing. I want you to take what I'm giving you, and I want you to go do something about it. And can I say this? This is a leadership trait, and this may only impact a handful of you in here today. But if, it's, if, if there is something that you don't have to do, that somebody else can do, especially at your job, enlist someone to do it for you and train them how to do it and empower them to make mistakes and it's okay the 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 world's not caving in recruit them and empower them and then delegate and give them the opportunity to lead i follow a pastor out in oklahoma named craig rochelle and there's an 80 percent rule that many leaders have if they can find somebody who can do it 80 percent of the way that he would do it then he will have them do it anytime and craig rochelle goes nope i dropped that number the older I get, if I can find somebody to do it 50%, just half of the way I would do it, but they're willing to learn, give me somebody that just give me half. Do it half of the way I do it, and guess what? Over time, at the end of the day, by the way, it's not my job to do everything in the church. This is, your, this is God's church, and then this is your church. And so my job is to empower you to go out and be disciples. My job is to empower you and equip you to go and be believers and followers of Jesus in your world, Monday through Saturday. That's my job. And so my job is to empower you to be the, the follower of Jesus that he would have you to be. And then lastly this morning, oh, be okay with people not getting it. Jesus' own family didn't get it. You're under pressure. You have to deal with pressure in the way you know the Holy Spirit is leading you. Sometimes people don't get it. Can I say this? I say this understanding that we're a smaller church and a young church. But I say this. I would rather you take care of yourself for long-term service to Jesus than to fulfill something the church needs done tomorrow morning. I can, can I say that even as the pastor? 
Sorry, Aaron, I'm going out of town this afternoon, man. I'm really sorry. No. Can I I be very honest? It's much healthier for you to not be able to fulfill something that we need immediately for the sake of your long-term spiritual health and ability to serve Jesus here long-term. And guess what? I don't have to understand it. Tim doesn't have to understand it. Jeff, Aaron, I mean, Melissa ain't even got to understand it. Sarah, no one has to understand it. And may we be a church that allows people who are under immense amounts of pressure to get healthy. Hey, listen, I'm getting away. I'll be honest. My wife knows this. We do our best to not miss a Sunday, but typically I'll miss two to three Sundays a year. And I'm going to be really straight up with you. I typically don't go to church somewhere when I'm gone on a weekend. I watch our service online, but I typically don't go to church. You know why? Because I want to I want to rest. You say, but man, you could learn something from a church that maybe 10. You're right. And I was under the bondage of, of feeling like I needed to do that for 11 plus years. But you know what else I can do? I can refresh myself with my family. Thank God for the internet. I can watch my church online. I get away. And can I say this? Build in times to get away, please. We have several families today that are away. It's spring break week for Durham, Durham Public Schools. We have several families away. And I, I actually really appreciate this. At least two of them specifically made their plans so that they would be back for Easter Sunday. They would rather miss this Sunday than miss Easter Sunday. So they went early, and they're going to be back for Sunday. I love that. And I, didn't, I don't ask anyone to do that. But get away. Isn't that right, Tracy? I always pick with Tracy. Every time I talk to Tracy, she's going somewhere. Going to Emerald Isle. When are you going to Emerald Isle next? Thursday. Hopefully Thursday. See? There you go. See? There you go. Church family, I just... If Jesus felt pressure, certainly you and I do. And may I simply end with this. Jesus got away. He spent some time alone. He also spent some time with a small group of people. And may I encourage you over the next few days, over the next few weeks, get alone with Jesus. Some of you parents in here, you need a break. Just being real. You need a break. It needs to be longer than just going out to eat. You need a break from your kids. That's not a bad thing to say. You need a break from your kids. And you know what we need to do as a church family? We need to say, hey, listen, if you need help, we'll help you. If you need someone to watch a kid, we'll help you. We will, we will not watch your pets, but we would maybe help with your kids. That's all we can do to handle our one pet. Get away. Refresh. And then this. Reconnect. Reconnect. Refresh. Rejuvenate. Deal with some of the the issues and the stress. Take the time away and re-engage. Re-engage. Because you'll never find more joy than you find in serving. You'll never find more joy than you find in community. 
You never find more joy than you are living for other people. But every now and then, you need to take care of yourself. 110%. I mean, Jesus did it. Jesus did it. He is your rest this morning. I believe this was part of Jesus being touched with the feelings of our infirmities. This was part of Jesus being our high priest who was tempted like we are and yet without sin. This was part of Jesus in this 100% man feeling the pressure that you feel every day. That same Jesus wants to save your soul. That same Jesus, Christian, wants to renew your soul. That same, Je- that same Jesus, follower of Jesus, wants a fresh relationship with you. The pressure seems too great. Guess what? The pressure probably is too great for you. Probably is. Rest in Jesus. Rest in Jesus. Rest in Jesus. And then replug yourself back in. This morning we were having issues with our soundboard. And I write Sherry, what else is new? <laughs> and we were frozen back there. We were frozen up here. We couldn't do anything. You know what we did? Let me, let me, just, let me ask this, this in a better way. Whenever anything goes wrong with any device, digital, that you have, what should you do? Unplug it. And plug it back in. By the way, if you have Spectrum, before you call Spectrum, just go ahead and do it. Unplug it. Let it sit for 60 seconds. Plug it back in. Hey, Christian. I I hate to be so practical today. I apologize for the practicality. Unplug. And plug back in. Six days. Creation, God Almighty modeled this. It ain't like God needed the rest. I believe God was just setting a precedent. On the seventh day, he he rested. You want to know why we don't have a Sunday night church service here? I'm going to be straight up. Because you know what about 12 noon to about 12 midnight is for me? It's a day of rest. Sue me. It's a day of rest. Especially during football season. I go home and I'm like, Sarah, I'm watching football the rest of the day. I make it about 15 minutes, and it turns into a day of rest. (laughs) I got to go back and see who won the game. Jesus wants to be your rest today. If you've never experienced Jesus as your eternal rest, he wants to save your soul from hell. He wants to give you a home in heaven. He wants to be your savior. He wants to live with you. He wants to dwell with you. But those of you that have, every now and then, unplug, rest in Jesus, plug back in. Hey, guess what? The soundboard worked, Sherry. Praise the Lord. Guess what? It wouldn't have worked if we hadn't unplugged and plugged it back in. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, Your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.